Well, have you ever had one of those experiences? They're like moments of clarity where something happens in your life, some event or some realization, and in that moment, you know that you see the world in a whole new way, that everything will be different from that time on. This happened in big ways and it happens in small ways. I can think of, how about summer camp? Now, I never went to summer camp, but I've heard that it can be an experience like that, right? You go to summer camp and you come out of your shell and you meet these new friends and you realize that these are your real friends and you can share your secrets with them and it's a wonderful thing and you think, I am a new person after summer camp. Has anyone had that experience? Okay, I saw at least one head nodding, thank you. Or I know I have had the experience of driving and you know, you're thinking about other things and going on with your busy life and then something happens like a near car accident, right? Someone swerves in front of you and you're fine, but you, it kind of gives you a wake-up call and you think, boy, I really ought to pay attention when I'm driving, right? Because we forget the fact that we're all hurtling down the road at 60, 70, 80 miles an hour without realizing how precious life is and how dangerous it can be. I was also thinking another example might be when my children were born and I remembered, you know, there in the room when they're looking up at you and you see this tiny thing and you think, well, my life is never going to be the same, right? And my job now for the rest of my life is really my only job, my most important job is to take care of this child, right? You have these experiences I'm sure you've had some kind of experience like this where you realize in that moment, oh, things are different now. I have to imagine for the followers of Jesus and even for the people in Jerusalem that the death and then resurrection of Jesus, when that happened, must have been like this clarifying moment, right? This moment of clarity where especially the followers of Jesus when he was raised, had to know that life would never be the same. And maybe even Jesus's enemies had to think at that moment, well, life will never be the same, that we'll never hear the end of this now, right? That this thing has happened. And the most important thing ever, this moment, and they must have thought, wow, this will change everything. We heard today from the Gospel of Matthew, and it, it's kind of hard to wrap our brains around, but the Gospel of Matthew was written about these events in the life of Jesus, his death and his resurrection especially, but they were written down some 50 years after they actually happened. So we think, you know, about maybe the year 30 is when the death and resurrection of Jesus happened, and we think the Gospel of Matthew, we heard a little bit from today, actually came into formation in the year about 80. So like 50 years after the events happened. So try to think of, you know, what, how much changes in 50 years and kind of how your attitudes change when you have these moments of clarity and then move it out 50 years. 
Maybe to give an idea of that, we can think, well, what happened from now 50 years ago? So I was thinking, well, what happened 50 years? Well, about 50 years ago in the summer, there were thousands and thousands of mostly young people all streamed to Yasger's farm outside Woodstock, New York, right? For this incredible event of music and peace and love and understanding. I know at least one person in this congregation was there. I don't know if anyone else, if you weren't there, maybe you heard about it. Maybe like me, you're too young to have been there, but you, you know about it anyways. And I kind of picture this Woodstock event as kind of like we heard in Isaiah, all these people streaming, the nation streaming to Jerusalem. War will be practiced no more. All the swords, did you hear that beautiful verse? The swords are beaten into plowshares. So no more weapons. They turn into making food together and sharing and everyone is happy. And so 50 years ago, I think a lot of people expected this Woodstock event was kind of like that. All these people came together with this radical idea about free love, man, we can just love each other. And wouldn't it be easy if we could just do it all the time? And we had this clarifying moment, many people, that, oh man, life could be different like this. But then, that was 50 years ago, right? And a lot has happened in the last 50 years. A lot of good stuff and a lot of bad stuff, too, has happened since 50 years ago. And I try to imagine what people, if you were at that Woodstock event, what maybe your reflections on that now, 50 years later, I mean, if you were like 19 or 20 at that time, you'd be like 70 now, your reflections might be a little bit different 50 years after the fact. Some feelings you might have might be like disappointment because this promise of free love and man, if we could all just love each other, it'd be easy, didn't exactly pan out, did it? I mean, we still had war and we still had economies go up and down and up and down and we still fought and families still disowned people and you know, all this stuff happened. So maybe feelings of disappointment Maybe feelings of, wow, it was a great event, but it just couldn't last, right? You know, life creeps in and takes over. I'm wondering if the people who experienced the death and resurrection of Jesus, when that happened, after 50 years, what their feelings and thoughts were about what had happened then, in year 30 or so, when Jesus died and then came again. And I'm wondering if maybe some of those same feelings of disappointment might have been there. Jesus famously talked about how he was going to come again. After the resurrection, he was going to come back. When Jesus was resurrected, it like started this new thing, a new age. But the old age is kind of overlapping, right? Because we still fight and we still die and we still suffer and all these things so it's like we're living in this weird time where the new thing has begun but the old thing hasn't finished either and the first people the first followers of Jesus because Jesus said I'm going to be coming back and it's going to be soon he did say we heard he didn't know when no one knows when except God 
but it was implied it's going to be soon. In fact, Jesus even said, it's going to be in some of your lifetimes that I come back. So the people really thought that Jesus was going to come right back and all the bad stuff that's happening and the struggle that we have and persecution, all that is going to be wiped away and finally no one will die anymore, no one will be sad anymore, and everything will be good. And they waited. And they waited days and then weeks and then years and then decades. And the time that the Gospel of Matthew is put together is some 50 years have passed. I imagine some of those first disciples felt some disappointment too. Jesus had not come back yet. It seemed like it was supposed to be soon, but we're still living through the really hard stuff and we're still being persecuted and people are still dying. In fact, some of the eyewitnesses to the death and resurrection of Jesus started to die. And they thought, well, these people are gone. That's kind of why they had to write down the Gospel of Matthew, because they realized the people who witnessed it were dying. Some of them felt disappointment, I'm sure, but even worse, it seems that some of those disciples started to feel apathy. Like, well, this Jesus thing is great, but maybe it was like Woodstock, you know, it was three important days, and now they're kind of fading into history and you know life reality is kicking in and maybe Jesus just isn't coming back. And the Gospel of Matthew is written to those people. The Gospel of Matthew has all these words about being alert and being awake, keeping, paying attention, being ready because it was written to a bunch of people who started to think, well maybe we just have no part to play in this. Maybe there's just nothing for us to do but to just kind of go along to get along. And that's why we he heard today Jesus say, keep alert. It could be translated a lot of different ways, kind of one word in Greek. It could be watch out. It could be pay attention. It could be, be mindful of things going on around you and look for the coming of the Son of Man. Look out for Jesus coming back. And Jesus uses these kind of metaphors to describe this. He compares it to like the flood. You remember Noah and the ark and the flood came and people weren't paying attention to God. They were doing their own thing and the flood came and wiped them away. And Jesus says there might be two people out in the field and they will both be working and one will be wiped away and one will be left behind. I'll just point out, we usually think of, you know, if you have read the Left Behind books or you've read stuff about the, the rapture, it's bad to be left behind, right? You want to be the ones taken with God. But in Matthew, it's the reverse. You don't want to be left behind. That's that's for the ones that are being left behind is the good one. You don't want to be taken. It's like reversed. And it could be kind of scary to think of life this way, like maybe Jesus wants us to be scared all the time. But what I noticed about what Jesus is telling his disciples and what Matthew really wants to make sure that some of these apathetic people to hear 
is that Jesus comes, or to be expecting Jesus, in kind of boring situations. Jesus says you might be out in the field working. That's just like doing your job, doing your everyday thing. There might be two women working on grain, and they're just doing their normal thing. He doesn't say, you know, look out only in those pivotal moments of your life, those clarifying moments, you know, or Woodstock moments where this incredible thing happens. Jesus says, pay attention in the regular moments, in the boring moments. Because you know what happens even after we have these incredible experiences. Well, there comes a day where you stop calling your friends from summer camp and move on with your life. And even if you've had a near miss or even if you've had a car crash, been in a car crash, eventually your mind kind of wanders and you go back to just thinking about other things and happily driving your gigantic weapons of destruction down the road. We just kind of forget, right? And I know even me, even though, you know, my kids are so important to me, sometimes they grate on you and they grate on you and I end up shouting at them as if they were my enemy. You know, you just lose some perspective over time. But Jesus invites us again and again to pay attention. Not just in the big moments, but in the normal moments, the everyday moments of our lives. Jesus says, pay attention to what's happening. Because although the second coming that all the disciples that we're all looking forward to, when everything is fixed, when everything is made right, when there's no more suffering, even though that is sometime in the future, that we don't know when it will come, the timing is in the future, but the effect of that is now, in the present. Knowing the promise that Jesus will come, to right every wrong, to fix everything, to heal every wound, to make everything just and peaceful so that all the nations can stream together and no one practice war and no one fight anymore. Because that is coming, it changes who we are now. Jesus says, pay attention now. Look out for where Jesus is coming into our world now. Because for him to be coming later means that we act differently and we have a promise for ourselves in this time and place. So even as we kind of lose perspective of these things that happen in our lives and we forget who we are and kind of just go back to the normal things again and again, Jesus invites us, pay attention. Remember who you are as a child of God. And even though we have these moments where we know how precious life is, we forget. And again and again, Jesus invites us, pay attention. Be alert to how fragile life is and how wonderful it is. And even though we have people around us that we love, we forget and we disconnect and we get upset and again and again Jesus invites us to pay attention 
to our neighbors, the people around us who are not our enemies, who are not our competitors, who are made friends in Christ. Again and again, as we lose perspective, as we kind of feel like the real world is just settling, again and again, Jesus invites us, pay attention. Not just in the big moments, but pay attention now. In the regular moments where Jesus is promised to come, to right every wrong, to heal every hurt, to bring us all to the Father. Amen.